This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's up, Well That's Good fam? Welcome back to the Well That's Good podcast. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Today, I have the most special guest on the podcast. I love having him on, my husband, Christian Huff. And we're going to be going through the DMs. We do this every now and then where we read DMs. And last time we did this, we got um, a ton of you guys really involved and really interested in the stuff that we were talking about. And this is just a space where, you know, we can go there. We can talk about anything, however we want to. Um, And it's just our best piece of advice to you and the questions that you're asking. Obviously, use wisdom here. If we say something that doesn't align with um, what you agree with, that's okay. Throw it out the window. Go ask a parent about it. Go ask a mentor. Go ask a pastor but this is you know two people who love each other and love the lord doing our best we can to give you advice for the things that y'all have questions in so thanks for dming us these are literal dms that we've gotten to our dm box that my team has gone through and selected about 10 questions that you guys sent in on some of the things that y'all are struggling with. And we try to pick ones that we feel like, okay, we know not just one person is struggling with this. We know this is probably, you know, representing so many people who have the same struggle. So Christian and I are going to do our very best to answer the questions. You ready, Thank babe? You. I'm happy to be back on the podcast. And by you asking these specific questions, it gives me the ability to be back on. So yeah, that's keep asking true. these questions because if not, I will get the boot. Yeah, Christians always are answering DMs, guys. So keep DMing us or else Christian will get the boot. Or else I will be no more. Christian's gotten the big head, though, because this that is, that is, this podcast that is we did true. last time of the answering DMs has had the most YouTube views we've had in a while, and Christian's kind of feeling himself, okay? Well, typically, you ask me back like six months after, then that one had more views, so you're like, okay. Yeah. Three weeks in between, uh, you can be back on the podcast. That's right. That's right. Well, last time we talked, time we talked a lot about relationships, and we've seen that a lot of people sent in a lot more questions about relationship. Um, like one girl says, she and her boyfriend have been dating for several year- years. They have done devotionals and Bible studies together, but all of a sudden the boyfriend decided he no longer wants to do anything like that. They still go to church together, but that's pretty much it. Um, this person wants to know how she can navigate the situation without seeming controlling or offensive since she wants to go deeper with her relationship with Christ, but it seems like he really doesn't. So it seems like they, you know, started out being like all in with the Bible, all in in this like Christian relationship. And then he was like, you know what? I don't really want anything to do with that anymore. I'll go to church with you, but that's about it. So maybe Christ is a part of their relationship, but it's not at the center of their relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, baby got any advice for that? Well, my first thought was, you know how like what we talk about, anybody can pretend to be somebody for the first six months. Yes. You know, so whether it's th- going to church, whether it's actually a personality thing, mm-hmm. I think once you filter through that, and then once an extended period of time comes up, and then that person changes, then I think that's the bigger picture of maybe the time that they were spending with you in this relationship with Jesus was never actually a thing for them it was just something that they were doing it for you yep that's like a lot of people always say well he was so great in the first two months and we could just get back to how we were and unfortunately the reality is um 
who he's showing you to be now is probably who he really is and who he was showing you in the first two months is probably who he wanted to present himself as. And so, um, or, or she, this could be vice versa. You're a guy and you're dating a girl and she showed you a great version of herself in the first two months. That might not be genuinely who she is or how she's living. And yeah, I mean, Everybody can go to church, right? That doesn't mean you're a Christian. There are so many people in church right now who probably don't have a real authentic relationship with Christ. And I think in a relationship, you want a relationship where um, Christ is in your 24-7. You know, that's how I want my relationship to be with God. I want it to be a 24-7 relationship. And so, therefore, I want it to be like that in my relationship with Christian. Like, it. Yeah. Like Jesus shouldn't be something that, you know, we only bond over on Sundays. It should be um, a point of conversation in our everyday Mm -hmm. because he is the number one person in both of our lives. And that's when your relationship truly is centered on God and not just, you know, an afterthought or a part of it. And, you know, some of you might be wondering, well, why would you have a relationship centered on God? Like, why does it matter? And I think, you know, it matters because for us in our life, because God is our everything and he gives us our hope and our future and our uh, passions and our purpose and all that kind of stuff. If that wasn't in alignment with who we were dating, then how could we live our life to the fullest? You know, mm-hmm. um, if, if who we love isn't on board with who we are, you know, yeah. and I think that's why it matters so much. Yeah. And something as big as faith, I feel like there's always going to be that tension of like, absolutely. yeah, if somebody wants it and somebody doesn't want it, that's too big of a grand scheme of something. Because you're talking about life and death. You're talking yeah. about how you're going to live your life. You're talking about where you're going to go when you die. Yeah. So those are two big things yeah. that matter in a relationship. Yeah, it's not, it's not a s- simple thing of like, they leave their towel on the, or whatever, like something stupid like that. And the funny thing is Christian always says it's not a stupid thing like they leave their towel because it really bothers Christian that I leave my towels everywhere. So that's a real, that's like a real thing for you. Yeah, it is. But, but, but just going back to just the faith thing, it, there's always going to be, you know, you're feeling like not love because he's not doing this the way that, that you think he should be doing it. Then he's not feeling respected because of. Mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. And I think faith is a big thing to where if, if you're not both fully on board, then it, it's a difficult thing to navigate for sure. Absolutely. Especially if you're not married yet. Absolutely. If one's all the way in and one's not, it's definitely hard to be in a relationship because that's your everything. So that's really tough. Um, so I guess our advice is like the reality is if he was doing that at the beginning and he's not now, that might just mean that he never really, that was never really fully, you know, what he wanted or what he desired. Maybe that was something he just showed you. And in that case, uh, I think it's okay to, to part ways, you know? Um, and if it's something that you want to fight for, then maybe just ask him what the root of that is. Like what happened? Mm -hmm. Why, Why are you not? Um, you know, wanting to dive into your relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, open up that conversation. Okay, next. What is the best advice you can give for a newly engaged couple? Hmm. Should I go? Yeah, you go because I can't think of something. Right now. It's great. I think the best advice, especially in the engagement season, is just to know that you are not preparing just for a wedding you're preparing for a marriage and um that is something that i'm really glad we got the advice of and that's the way that we lived our engagement season so i didn't really stress about the details of the wedding as far as like what are the napkins gonna look like and what are the chairs and what are the colors and what is all this like yeah those are fun things but it wasn't like a stressful thing for me i never really went 
I never had any bridezilla moment because I didn't, that wasn't where my value was in that season. It was what is our marriage going to be like? And so the things that we really worked through were marriage counseling. Like, you know, how are you raised? How are I raised? What are our expectations? What are this? What are that? And so I put so much of my thought process into preparing for our actual marriage and just our wedding. And the wedding day was awesome. Did everything go perfectly? No, my hair literally turned pink the day before, but it was so awesome. And we could laugh about it and it was fun. It was great. Um, but then we were ready for marriage when mm-hmm. we stepped in. And of course, I mean, you can only be as ready as you can be because you don't know what you don't know. But we felt really ready because we felt like our engagement season, we really used it to prepare. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's easy to get really, you know, big and crazy about this one date. But the reality is if your wedding is December the 20th, um, that's one day, but you're married for the rest of your life. And mm-hmm. so you don't want to just focus on that one day. You really want to focus on what's ahead which yeah. is the, the beauty of marriage yeah and they're all stages you know you're you're dating you're single you're dating then you're engaged and you get married and they're all different seasons of life marriage i don't know if i would say marriage is a season because it's a long season i guess <laughs> you could say that's not a season you know? but 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 i'm saying they each have their place you know yeah. you're single you're dating you're engaged you're married and when you get married or when you get engaged you're you know you're working on yourself so to speak to prepare yourself for marriage and with preparing, you know, for marriage, there are things that take a backseat, like like friendships. And that's something that we walk through a lot. So when we got engaged, obviously, you're my first priority. I'm your first priority. So some things take a back burner, you know, whether it's friendships or um, work. work or these other things. Some things have to slowly fall down the priority list. And the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with is going to go up on the priority list. And some people might understand that. Some people might not. But... If you don't, if you aren't intentional about pleasing the one that you're going to spend your life with, and then you're worried about pleasing everybody else, then it's going to be difficult. Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season, and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess and Honey is so into painting right now. And painting with a three-year-old, yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the no mess. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high quality all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or weekly for six weeks, depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your 
your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash Sadie Rob Summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico, K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash Sadie Rob Summer. Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash Woe or just text Woe to 500 500. That's audible, A U D I B L E dot com slash Woe or text Woe to 500 500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. I think a lot of people think about marriage as like, okay, like on December the 20th, let's just pretend that that's all of our wedding day. It's like, oh, on that day, like then I'll become one with this person. But I think there's a process to becoming one. It's not just about having sex. It's actually about just becoming one, you know, one unit together. And I think during the engagement season, um, you kind of feel that refinement of what it looks like to become one because it's a holy thing. So, so things have to burn off. So, so basically what I mean by that is like, you know, I'm having to make decisions for Christian and I as a couple that, you know, because we're about to be one that I might've used to made a different decision when it was just me. Like for instance, if I had an awesome opportunity, it's not like I can just be like, yes, I'm going to do it just because I want to do it. I already have to consider that we're about to become one. And so the process begins when you get engaged. It's like, we're becoming one. So you have to start making decisions on where you're going to live, what you're going to do, what, you know, y'all's priorities and y'all's relationship are going to be, how you're going to treat each other and all those different things. And so I think just understanding and starting that process is so important to start making those selfless decisions that aren't just for yourself, but it's for the two of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just articulated everything that I was trying to say. I got you, Good boo. Job. I got you, boo. And the next question is, is it okay to spend time with the opposite gender when you are in a relationship? So basically saying, because it's it, it kind of weirds like that. 
weird. Like that. It kind of reads like that. Is it okay for me to spend time with another woman if me and you were dating? And alone. Alone. So where should the line be drawn? We never um, we crossed that, that line because we never we didn't have to set a boundary. Well, we did set a boundary, but the boundary was the boundary is the boundary in, was there is no boundary on the corner of net and ver. <laughs> we don't we just spend never did time it, yeah. alone with the opposite gender, even still even to there, this yeah. day. You know, we don't ride in the car with the opposite gender. We don't. You know, like if it's just us two, we don't. Even if we have to do a phone call, we let each other know. If and if the opposite gender were to DM me, um, even if it's just a friend, I would probably tell Christian about it casually, just be like, "Hey, so and so just DM me or whatever." Um, obviously, we're not crazy about it. If one of our best friends, who you know, if like Lainey DMs you, Christian's not going to tell me Lainey or one of my friends at the office, not like that. But if it's kind of out of the blue or whatever, we always just inform each other. And yeah. I mean, you know, you look at people and you think they're never going to cheat. They're never going to do that. And then and then they do. And it's not because they set out the intention to want to hurt their spouse or cheat, but it's just things happen. And, you know, one thing can lead to another. And so we set pretty strict boundaries because we don't want the door to ever be open to that. Um, I, I heard somewhere that Billy Graham wouldn't even get on the elevator if there was just a woman on the elevator. Um, and so sometimes you really just have to be like that. You have to set pretty strict, um, boundaries. Now that's also without being crazy and controlling and jealous and envious. I mean, mm-hmm. I was in a relationship previously where we had dated for a long time and we were just controlling. I mean, we were just like, and you can't go to this place and you can't go to that place. And that's just not a way to live. That's just, that was just honestly a lot of insecurity, a lot of lack of trust that we had in each other. With Christian, I fully trust him and he fully trusts me. And it's not that we think we would do anything, but we just don't want to put ourselves in a position to where we would have to make a tough decision or make an an moment that shouldn't have been awkward awkward or it could have been perceived one way to another person and I just think there's so much room for the enemy to feed whenever you're alone with um the opposite gender especially when you're in a relationship but even if you're not you know you Mm got to protect your heart and you got to set boundaries in place for that to not happen yeah I mean I I don't I mean if you're not in a relationship I don't I don't think I think it's different you know obviously but I feel like if you're in a serious relationship then yeah it's I feel like that shouldn't happen. Yeah, just shouldn't happen. It's just not good. Just not wise. And what I mean by like if you're single and stuff, I mean if you're alone with the opposite sex at midnight and then something happens, you know, or you're drinking. Like you got to be wise, you know, don't make stupid decisions. One thing does lead to another sometimes. Um, but just be wise and set the boundaries that you feel are right. And if you ever feel like something's weird, then then get out and <laughs> move. Abort. Abort mission. Um, all right, next question. Um, so let's see. What would you tell your younger self who felt like they were never going to find the right one for them? I would tell my younger self to chill, girl. Just chill. Like I was just so obsessed with like who is going to be my husband, which is like a sweet thing to think about um, because I think most of us have a desire to get married and it's fun to think about like who God created that's going to be your person. But thinking about it, from the context of God has created someone, you know, that is going to be my husband and be a part of my story one day. I just need to, like, 
relax and know that if he created that and he has that for me, then it's going to come at the perfect timing. And, and you did, you know? Yeah. And uh, I just wish I would have enjoyed the seasons I was in a little bit more, like enjoyed my singleness, enjoyed my friends and not stress so much about what was to come because what was to come was such a great plan that so far exceeded all of my expectations or what I could have even put in motion. So I just wish I would have really been a little bit more focused in where I was at than where I was going. Yeah, man, I like how you said the chill. Um, I mean, I was a big rom-com fan growing up. <laughs> so I just kind of feel like I just always thought that it would just happen somehow, some way. Um, so I feel like I never really stressed about it too much. And it did. And it, wait, what? Yeah, it did. Yeah, we're living a little rom-com. A little rom-com. But you never thought you would get married young, so you didn't really think about that. I didn't, yeah. Well, I thought I would, I thought I would go to college, and I would get out of college, and I would start working, and then... Some bada boom, bada bing, bada bing, bada boom. Somebody would cross my path. Yeah, like love at first sight kind of thing, and which we, we did happen. Kind of. Love at first sight. When you saw me, were you just so in love? I did. I was. Yes. I'm so glad to know. So someone asked a question in the DMs, and they were basically saying like, "How do you respectfully coexist with people in your life who believe differently than you?" And man, I got out my phone because. Um, I was rereading my journal that I wrote in last year. So I started a journal on my birthday last year and then just finished it right before my birthday this year. So just kind of going back and reading like things that I went through, things that I prayed through. And last year, um, I wrote this in my journal and I thought this was like really, um, well, it really just reflected what a lot of the prayers I was praying last year. And I think it's kind of cool to go along with this question, but I said, I feel like I'm sitting about watching the world lose their mind. The hard thing is knowing how can I help. Proverbs 14, 12 is so present in our generation right now. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. The seriousness of this makes me want to speak out, but the cancel culture, um, but I know the culture will cancel me in the minute that I do. It is, da da da. Well, I was about to say, it is hard to navigate, but then when I think about the video of the, so basically, I watched this video, and this girl from North Korea said something really profound, and she said she knew speaking the truth was a risk, but not speaking it was even worse. So then I go on to say, if I don't speak the truth, am I really helping? If I do, am I causing too much harm that it limits me helping? God, I'm genuinely asking. It feels like a wrestle, and I don't know if I am just comforting myself and my excuses or if I'm using wisdom. God, I know Jesus reclined with the sinners, but what was a dialogue with the sinners and how did he speak truth and yet keep the sinners at the table. And I wrote that and I remember praying that prayer so much last year, this prayer of like, I want to help, but if me helping is hurting, then I won't help. And then I was like, well, God, am I just excusing myself to just live a more comfortable lifestyle? Uh, But then I'm like, no, I don't feel like I'm excusing myself. I feel like I'm doing the right thing. I'm trying to use wisdom, but I feel like I'm like overthinking it. And then I was like, God, like Jesus was fully truth and he was fully love. How do I do that? How do I sit at the table and recline with sinners and sit at the table and sit with people who think so differently than me and they stay at the table and they know that I love them and they know that I genuinely care about them and they know that if they were sick, I would want and desire to heal them and they know if they didn't have clothes, I would clothe them and they would know that if they were thirsty, I would give them a drink and if they were hungry, I'd give them bread. How do they know all of that? 
but still know that I disagree with the way that they're living and then I speak truth into their life. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard thing to navigate. And, you know, when I really thought about it more, I thought, well, Jesus did that and not everybody did stay at the table. You know, not everybody did believe he was the son of God. Not everybody did want to hear what he had to say. Not everybody even liked him, you know? And so the risk of, you know being standing on the word of God for people who don't believe in the Bible and all this kind of stuff is that people will think you're crazy or they won't like you or they'll think you're this or that. And that will probably happen. That's a part of it. Jesus even said, if the world hates you, just remember it hated me first. But then there's also this beautiful aspect to Jesus that he was so loving and he was so compassionate and he was so kind that he can move the hearts of those who didn't agree with him at the beginning or didn't see the things the same way or lived a completely different lifestyle. And so to answer your question, how to coexist with people who, you know, don't believe in the Bible and have a completely different viewpoint than you is I think you just be as much like Jesus as you possibly can. You know, that doesn't mean shy away from the truth. Jesus is the truth, the way, the truth, and life. So, so still live the truth. Um, but at the same time, Jesus was fully loved. So fully love well, fully have compassion, fully have mercy, fully have grace. And so I think when you come in and you're not there to judge, you're truly there to love, there, there creates space for coexisting. Um, but at the same time, not conforming. So it's okay to coexist, but not conform to the pattern of the world. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I found. But I like, I hope you can hear even in me reading my journal, it's a wrestle, man. Like sometimes it can just be so hard because you genuinely have a pure heart and you want to love people and you would never discriminate against anyone. But sometimes the way that culture sets it up, it's like, well, if you believe that, then you can't think this. And that's not always true. You know, you can stand on the word of God fully and you can still love people really well. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, no, I think you just nailed it. Because I mean, it, it is a difficult thing, you know, because there's opposite extremes of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you cannot surround yourself with anybody that believes different than you. And, you know, you're almost like a Pharisee, so to speak, of like, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're so you're so right and you can't be around anybody that, that, that believes differently than you. But then you're disconnected from like the world, so mm -hmm. to speak, you know, yeah. like. So there is there is this sense of touch to where, you know, a lot of things that we speak into, it's because we surround ourselves with people who believe differently, who, yeah. who think different things, and even people who believe different things in the Bible. You mm -hmm. know, I feel like I feel like it's tougher to be be around people who believe different things in the Bible than people who just completely don't believe it at all. And you know, sometimes yeah. Like so, and, and there 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 is you know, if you don't want to coexist with somebody, then you can look at your own self and like, okay, well, is there jealousy in me or is there rage in me like what's the underlying you gotta root get of out that? all that you gotta like, get out so the, many underlying the things. judgment you gotta get out yeah. the jealousy you gotta get it out the whatever it is the the harshness in your heart and yeah. you gotta get to the point where you could literally say like you're my brother mm -hmm. you're my sister i love you we don't agree on mm -hmm. anything when it comes to politics on anything when it comes to religion anything when it comes mm -hmm. to the world but man you're my brother like mm -hmm. i love you you know and i think when you look at people as family um, it makes it a lot easier because if you think about your family members, like you coexist with them, but they're not all like you. Like you might disagree mm -hmm. on so many things, but at the end of the day, like you're going to love them and you are going to sit at the table. And one thing my mom always said to me, she's like, don't leave the table. Like mm -hmm. you have to sit here and no matter how hard the conversation gets, you stay at the table. And there have been conversations with my family that the last thing I want to do is stay sitting at that table, you yeah. know? But they're my family and I love them and I respect them, even if I don't agree with them. And mm -hmm. so... I think you have to see people like family and, 
you know, the Bible creates such a beautiful picture that we are family, that we are the body of Christ, that God is our father, that we are brothers and sisters. And and so when you see people like that, I think it softens your heart to such a place that you're going to love them even if you disagree. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, it'd be near impossible to coexist with somebody who believes differently than you if you don't have empathy or compassion yeah, you or gotta have empathy. if it's just harshness and you know you're wrong i'm right then you'll never be able to coexist with absolutely that's good all right moving on we got a dm i, I always wonder like should i say who dm'd me or should i should i not expose you someone no, exposed no. you but y- y'all ask such great questions i wish i could shout you out but someone said if i somewhere to start a ministry how do i start my own ministry um, my best piece of advice, if you want to do ministry, is to do ministry right where you're at. How do you start your own ministry? Do ministry, <laughs> you know. Um, ministry, ministry is is loving God and it's loving people and it's doing that well. And if you cannot do that in your community with your friends, with your people, I'm um, sorry to say, friend, you will never be able to do that on a huge platform because um, ministry, having a platform and doing ministry is a huge blessing because you get to reach so many people, but it is not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. It is definitely hard, and there are so many things and aspects of it that you don't see that, you know, you're never going to see that side of it. Um, But so that's what I would say. Don't just wish for that. Like, start right now where you're at um, and make sure you have a pure heart and why you're doing what you're doing. You know, essentially, we should all be doing ministry, really. If you are a Christian and you are, you know, trying to be a light of the world, then you should consider yourself a minister of the gospel um, because that's what we're called to do. And so just start with where you're at, what you have. God's not going to ask you to do something that's um, outside of your capability or ability to, to do. You know, if he's calling you to ministry, then he's already equipped do to do that ministry um and so looking look at your hands what do you have in your hands how can you serve look at your community how can you pour in look at your church how can you step in i think so many of us want to have our own ministry and our own thing and one of the specific things and reasons why i wanted to call live original live original is because i didn't want it to be about sadie i wanted it to be bigger than me And uh, I'm thankful to say that I'm trying to build something that's really going to outlive me so that when I die, this message is still going and people aren't talking about Sadie. They're talking about the message of the gospel. And I think when you're trying to build a platform, you build a platform for yourself. You build a platform off your name and you build a platform that grows you. But when you're doing ministry and you're building kingdom, it's actually not about you. It's about the world around you. And so try not to consider it your own ministry and try to just consider it kingdom building. Even even live original, you know, shouldn't just be my own ministry. It's for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And God's called me and equipped me to do it in this way. And I'm so grateful for that. And how has he called you and equipped you? It's something really important to look in your own hands and see. Yeah, I mean, I think you just nailed that. I was going to say, yeah, start with your friends, start with your family, start with the people that you work with. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it just starts with having conversations about faith or asking somebody how they're doing and yeah. posting about Bible Sometimes study. it's the hardest to actually do with your friends and your family than it is to do on yeah. a stage. And I always say, you know, I, I came to a time in my life where um, I felt like it had gotten almost easier for me to do in front of thousands of people and harder me, for me to do with just one person. And that's when I said, uh-oh, I got to check myself. Because, you know, it should always be my first response no matter where I am. If it's one person, if it's 10 people, or if it's 10,000 or 10 million people, that I'm there to be the light of the world. Mm-hmm. 
All right, next question. One person sent in a DM about modesty, and she wrote, I feel there's pressure to show more skin so people think that I am pretty or dress cute. There is a pressure from our culture to wear less and show more. I want to know how you balance dressing cute but staying modest, and also why is modesty so important to talk about in Christian culture? Great question. Um, certainly is a culture that we're in right now to show a little less, so wear a little less, show a little more, I guess. Um... Yeah, I guess we're less show more. And yeah, that is hard because you look around and it's hard whenever I remember in high school feeling like this. It's like because all the guys seem to like the girls that don't wear anything. You're like, well, if I'm covered up and they're never going to notice me and they're never going to like me and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, the right guy and the right people are actually going to treasure you for the purity that you have and treasure you for the modesty that you have. And Christians actually probably more strict than I am on what I wear in the sense of just respecting me for who I am. Like I'll put on something and I think it looks fine. And he's like, hey, babe, like, you know, just I just don't think that that's a good like I just think it shows too much. And I'm actually so appreciative of that because he's not wanting me to go show my body to the world because that's that's between us. You know, um, that's a respect thing that he has for me and for our marriage. And I'm really grateful because I also don't want to go out looking some type of way that is attracting people for the wrong reasons. And I think modesty ultimately comes down to a respect. I think one, it's a respect for yourself and two, it's a respect for others around you. Um, like for me personally, when I go to the gym, I go to an all girls gym, so I wear whatever I want. But if I ever go to a gym that guys work out in, I'm pretty careful about what I wear because I want to respect the guys around me as well. And I don't want them to be looking at me a certain way and I want to respect myself and I don't really want guys to be looking at me that way um, because I am secure in who I am and I'm secure in my husband who loves me as I am mm -hmm. and I used to would have been insecure about that and felt like oh well if I'm going to the gym with Christian and another girl is wearing her spandex shorts and her sports bra and I'm wearing you know loose shorts and a baggy t-shirt then like he's gonna notice her and not me and I don't feel that way at all anymore. I actually feel like my husband loves me and respects me for me being confident and not having to show off my whole body um, in order for me to feel loved and appreciated. Mm -hmm. And so I think, honestly, modesty is a it's a place in your heart that you have to find contentment with with the Lord before you find it from any other man or, or even maybe even yourself. You have to find it with the Lord and know that like God made you like beautiful and he made you wonderful and he made you um, for for you to steward and treasure mm -hmm. like your body is a temple and you can let your husband into that picture you know but that's a sacred that's a sacred thing and so have respect for that sacred thing and it is such a wonderful thing to just hold that purity and hold that mm -hmm. hold that sacred and so yeah just respect yourself find it with the lord if you're not competing with other girls you will probably feel a lot more inclined to dress however you really feel comfortable and not dress how you want to be seen um compared to the girl beside you at mm -hmm. the gym yeah i mean I, I, it's all about you know attention it's like am i going to wear this with the hopes that i'll attract somebody or yeah because because at, at the same time there's also like a naiveness to like girls not thinking that they're dressing scandalous or whatever and it's like it's kind of obvious like it you, you would think it would be um yeah and, and the, i think we also live in a culture where women dress like that and then wonder why guys hit on them and why guys are lusting after them and it's like well because that's what you're putting out you know yeah so there's always those those things and i think we do live in a culture where guys are prone to that you know and um 
I think you have yeah. to respect like your own convictions too and just follow that because I mean I wear bikinis at the beach and some people would say that's not modest but to me I feel like I'm covered in the parts I want to be covered with and I'm respecting myself the way I want to respect myself and I think as a Christian culture the reason why it's hard to talk about modesty is because people want to automatically attack and it's like well you wear bikinis or you wear short shorts or you wear tight whatever and it's like or leggings whatever and it's like well, that's not really helpful. You know, you just be responsible for you. And if you feel like you're dressing a certain way to get something from someone or get certain attention or you want somebody to notice a part of you that's a little bit bigger, a little bit juicier, then maybe consider that why do you want that attention? Where do, where does that come from in your heart? What place in your heart is so discontent with who you are, with the affirmation that you have, that you need to go find that in some way that's showing off your body? You know, you got to find that with the Lord that you're made more than enough and you don't have to go flaunt your body to be more than enough period okay next question that gets me fired up that's good it gets me fired up because i hate that girls feel like they have to do that and i just remember in high school feeling like that i just Mm -hmm. remember feeling like i have to show more or the guys won't notice me they'll notice all the other girls and i did and i hate that because i'm like Mm -hmm. that's just like that's just like making me seem like I'm only worth attention if I show certain parts of my body when I'm so much more than that, mm-hmm. you know? So girls, just give yourself more credit than that. You're so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And the guys are not just going to notice you because you're, you know, blessed in certain areas. They're going to mm-hmm. notice you because you're a blessing to other people. Yeah. And that's the kind of woman that you want to be. That's the kind of woman that's going to be a good wife, that's going to be a good mom, that's going to be a good friend, that's going to be a good mother. You're the kind of you're the kind of woman that's gonna change the world, you mm-hmm. know, and just know that it's so much more than your yeah. body. How do you get over a person that made you believe they liked you and then ghosted you? Would it be wise to wait on them or move on? I don't know how long to wait or what to say. Move on, girl. My boo said move on. Gotta move on. Well, you know, it kinda goes back to respect. You know, you're you are worth more than that too. You're worth more than someone just ghosting you. They better have a pretty dango reason when they get back from their little ghosthood. And well, I said that because most most ghostings I've seen, it's a manipulation. Yeah. And if 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 the guy's working off on, on the rigs in Louisiana or something and he yeah, doesn't have his phone. That's what I'm saying. There are certain whatever. reasons. Yeah, or if yeah, his parents slammed his phone and it broke or whatever. If he got in trouble, I don't know. Just a hypothetical. That's different. But a lot of times ghosting, I feel like it's linked with this manipulation, this draw of like yeah, reach back out or like mm-hmm. keep you on the hook kind of thing. And you don't want to end up with a person like that. You want to play games, you know, like we're here. If we're, if we're going to date, you know, and we're considering one day you could be the one for me. Don't play games with me. You know, just respect yourself in such a way that you're not just going to wait for this guy to come back every so-and-so months. Mm-hmm. I remember a friend of mine walked through this, and this guy would text her literally like once every three weeks, and she would just hang on to that. And, I mean, she would talk about it and then mm-hmm. would look into it. And does this mean this? And does this mean this? And does this mean this? And literally this went on for so long. And it was like, what does this mean? Who could this be? What is it going to be? And it was just like, and then she would go, get ghosted and all that stuff. And one time, in the midst of one of the ghosting periods, we look at Instagram and the dude gets engaged and we're like, what? 
And like she was so crushed because she's just been thinking like she's hanging on to that next text. And so, you know, you don't want to get in this position where someone's like kind of keeping you on the hook just as like a plan B because, you know, like someone's going to come in. They're going to treasure you so much that it should be, you know, there shouldn't be a doubt in your mind that that person's going to reach out to you the next day because they care about you and because they respect you. Mm -hmm. And Christian did such a great job of that when he pursued me. It's never a question of, am I going to hear from him? I always knew I was going to hear from it. And so, you know, you just don't want to be stuck in that game. What would you define as ghosting, though? Well, I mean, there are some ghosting where it's like they just like literally don't ever text you back, yeah. you know? But then well, there Because well, I meant like I wouldn't think you ghosted me if we had texted and you didn't text me for like a day or something like no, that. No, no, no. I, th- I think it's like would, a periodical. This was like weeks. Yeah. This would be like a month would go by and then he would mm-hmm. send another text. Yeah. And it was like, and then she'd re- like text him all night and then he wouldn't respond for like weeks mm-hmm. and then it'd happen again. Or like he'd yeah. call her and okay. then it'd be like weeks again. And it was just like always kind of keeping her on the line and then like he literally got engaged. Mm-hmm. So like you don't want to be in that position no. because that just stinks. You don't want to be the girl on the other end of that situation you don't want to be anybody in that position well anyways y'all these are great questions i love doing this because i just feel like these are such great questions and start such good conversations and i hope that these conversations are not just between christian i and you and your car i hope that these conversations extend to conversations with your own friends with your own family members with your own boyfriend or spouse hopefully it can just be a voice of truth in your life like i said if something doesn't align with what you believe is true throw it out the window but if it aligns with the word of god and aligns with your heart then I, I hope that you know you can take some of this truth and take it into your life and i hope it can give you some well that's good advice we love you guys well that's good wisdom. have a great wednesday and a great week go do something good with your life <laughs>